0: We might be childhood good friends, and I might drive you down the bend. But I'm sure it's crazy, kids, so I get out in the end. I might kiss you on the
1: lips, despite your nose. But I guess that's how it goes. Let's keep falling in love with our strange
0: bedfellows. Tanner, what? Closing Time is about a birth, and nobody wants to talk about it. Huh? The song? Closing time. It's about... The semi-sonic song? A birth. And nobody seems to care. And nobody... When I tell them about it, they still don't care. And what are we going to do about this? It's about a birth. It's not about leaving a bar. I don't care. (sighs) Only song about birth that I care about is... (sighs) Lightning Crashes by Live. But (laughs) Aren't you even a little bit interested? Because I bet you thought it was about leaving the bar. No, I only
1: have one... I only have room in my... (laughs) my psyche for one song about birth and that one song about birth is lightning crash why will Light. nobody
0: engage with me on this like because no one cares it's not interesting it is interesting spice it
1: up a little bit spice it up a little bit
0: okay T- hey tanner what do you think closing time's about don't care what do you think though if you had to bar closing yeah right because it's like closing time T- turn all the lights on f- over every boy and every girl
1: you're not spicing it up you're just making it more boring by like stretching it out i'd like say it's about a bird and it's a, about the, birth the bar is a
0: womb barack obama no <laughs> listen <laughs> listen to this lyric listen to this lyric from closing time you ready okay yeah closing time time for you to go out to the places you will be from Okay, that's already a little weird, right? If you're leaving a bar. Now listen to the next part of that lyric. Would you like to hear it? Yeah. Closing time. This room won't be open till your brothers or your sisters come. It's a womb. It's not a bar. It's a fucking womb. Okay. But nobody cares when I tell them this. And yep. you me, and me you're included. one of them. I told Sarah, and she was like, "Uh, gross." I was like, "No, this is a this is huge." <laughs> she's she's the one who does that. No, but let's not. You're focusing on all the wrong things, isn't it interesting? He wrote it about about his wife's pregnancy. All right. Well, th- this <laughs> I told has been my friend Andreas. I told my friend Andreas this. he's a explorer. musician, and he was like, "My friend Andreas was like." was like, yeah, that's something all musicians know. And I was like, what? It was like, yeah, all musicians know that about closing time. And I was like, okay, <laughs> fine. Does everyone know? You Musicians sound the musicians
1: sound obnoxious. <laughs> um, I didn't know that. And I now that I do know it, I don't care. And I, I I'll, tell I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. What? Never going to repeat that fact to anyone again in my life. Because you know what kind of reception it's going to get? Icy at best no that's not true it'll get like
0: it's interesting
1: it'll get icy at at most commonest
0: you're gonna tell an interesting fact it is an interesting
1: fact why are you starting our romance podcast about factoids about songs that are about pregnancy also here's a factoid about songs about giving birth okay fine
0: i thought you only cared about lightning
1: lightning crashes crashes by live yeah okay (laughs) it's about a miscarriage
0: it's also about a death the angel opens her eyes but what happens to the old mother Oh, she also dies. Yeah. Wait, maybe the baby lives? The baby lives. I've told you this already. I don't want to talk about it. That's not what we're here for. The baby's the mother dies. Someone else on like the ward oh. dies. <laughs> we don't have time to talk about this. That's not what we're here for. We don't for. have time to talk about that but we can spend ten minutes talking about closing <laughs> time by seven songs. Either people everyone I've told this to is like, Yeah, I knew I knew that Or they're like, I didn't know that, but I don't care. And it's so <laughs> interesting and surprising. It's not. It's not. They play it at bars at the end of the night, and it's like, why are you playing this song about a birth at the end of the night? What do you want us to do? Get pregnant? Is that why, what's happening? Jack,
1: this is a romance podcast. Yeah. Each week we read a romance book, and we discuss it because we are repressed Midwestern slash British yeah. boys bedfellows, who are afraid of intimacy yeah. and afraid of sex. Yeah, We're not... Telling you that you shouldn't be having sex, we no. celebrate your sexuality. Go for it. You're all sex pots. Yeah, they don't like that. Side note, quick side note. Yeah, uh, we finally caught up. We re record these a couple weeks in advance, yeah, yeah. and we finally caught up with the one where we, uh, the episode where we um, started calling the listeners sex pots. Yeah, pretty vocally against it. Yeah, no, nobody
0: likes <laughs> it. But that, then there's going to be that. Well, there 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 was two like two more episodes where we continued yeah. to do that. We're well, going oh, go to go back to the. We're going to go back to the um, drawing board with that one. Find yeah, people
1: were pushing out bed bugs, but also no one liked bed Nobody, bugs people either, didn't like it. like, yeah, I've had bed bugs. Sex bugs? Fun. Sex bugs isn't bad. <clears throat> I mean, it's better than bed pots. <laughs> yeah, they're way better than bed pots. <laughs> I think maybe we can use both interchangeably. Yeah. <laughs> Bedpots and sex bugs.
0: We're going to keep working on it. It's a romance podcast. We talk about um, romance novels. This week, we we veered slightly off the beaten track.
1: Um, well, sort of. I mean, we read a romance book.
0: It's but... a romance book, but it, it, by the, like, I think that, it like. Literature. By the broad definitions of romance, it fits, but by some narrower definitions of romance, such as, um, like, it's got to have, like, a super happy ending and like yeah well this had a happy ending it's it's happy but it's uh it's, it's one of the few in fact
1: i read we read price of salt by um it's the price of Patric- salt by patricia, patricia highsmith and highsmith fucking rule um i read she she's known for such books as price of salt talented mr ripley oh really and
0: that's famous that's uh Jude Law did words. that one wow
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah Jude Law did that one didn't he um, I think so. Strangers on a Train, which um, Hitchcock turned into a a wonderful film. Well, and they
0: they did this one as a movie too. It's called Carol.
1: Yeah, and they've actually changed the name of the book. Yeah, my Kindle copy was like this one's Price of Carol. Salt, now called Carol. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there was a movie with girl with the dragon tattoo, and um,
0: I can't help the you. woman
1: from Lord of the Rings. Okay.
0: This is perfect. Girl with the dragon Delph, tattoo Delph. and Galadriel. Galadriel
1: from Lord of the Rings.
0: That sounds awesome, yeah. man. I would like that. I would be so disappointed as much as I liked this, and as much as I, with the right priming, would enjoy the movie of this. If you were like, "Hey, do you want to watch Girl with the Dragon Tattoo meets Galadriel?" I would be like very disappointed when it was this
1: lesbian <laughs> affair road trip. Where they're hunted by spies. It's your classic
0: lesbian affair. Anyway, Patricia
1: Smith is known for grim, sad books with grim, sad endings, and this apparently is the
0: one book mm -hmm.
1: that she ever wrote that has a quote unquote,
0: quote unquote, happy ending. ending. That's why I quibble is because it's um, it's happy in terms of um, how things go with the ladies, but it's not happy uh, in terms of how things go in the broader. uh, for anyone else spectrum for almost of anyone their else. of even the ladies lives <laughs> right yeah um but we should say the book um and say what happened
1: my, in it. can i tell you something else yeah. another fact about this please book. yeah um i crashed my car yeah i smashed it into little bits yeah <laughs> um i'm fine yeah but i did smash my car so bit. we yeah. had to borrow my Sister-in-law's car.
0: Yeah, we had to postpone this fucking record like three fucking weeks.
1: Yeah, once because I crashed a car and twice because my boy was sick. Yeah. But anyway, we borrowed my sister-in-law's car. Yeah. Uh, and we're, we're borrowing it until our new one comes. Yeah. And it has this quirk of just taking a guess. Whenever you start playing something through Bluetooth, it displays it on the little display. Yeah. And if it can't figure out like what's going on, it'll just take a stab at it. <laughs> That's
0: nice. I appreciate so. That.
1: <laughs> Every time I put this on, it was convinced I was listening to Patty Smith. Because they're like, (laughs) they're like Patricia Patricia Highsmith. Surely that must mean Patty Smith. Surely not the audio songwriter. Yeah,
0: (laughs) that's awesome, man. Which albums did they put on horses? Uh, No, just this one. They just thought that
1: Price of Salt was an especially long. Oh, Patty Smith. Smith Oh, it would just
0: say Patty Smith. Yeah, and have a little picture of her. (laughs) That's nice.
1: Yeah. I love um, Patti Smith. Good book. I once again, whenever I'm in charge of picking the books, yeah. instead of my wife, I accidentally pick books that one could argue are not really romance. May not be romance books. Did
0: you? So, what does your wife say? Because so. Um Tanner's wife, Jamie, uh, uh, was the romance reviewer. She's still with us, but she was uh, the romance novel reviewer for the New York Times for some time, so she has real expertise on this topic. What is her verdict on whether this is a romance? She's never read it. Oh. Oh great so we're really yeah we could be i
1: just searched lesbian romance book because i was like we've done we haven't done one we yet we gotta we yeah. gotta give the we want to represent the lesbians yeah we, let's let's a little representation here yeah and that's um, what they and said this is touted as one of the apparently j ja- you know what jamie did say she said that there are not there's a not lot a lot of lesbian romance books she said it's a, a definitely an underrepresented
0: i think market. there's one by um casey McQuiston. i think the said that name so fast yeah it's cool to say it fast <laughs> I think Casey McQuiston did a new um uh, their new book is a lesbian romance, I think.
1: Okay. So I don't know who that is and I haven't read it. So you don't know who Casey McQuiston
0: is? Casey McQuiston is the author of a novel called Red, White, and Royal Blue, which we recently read for our fucking podcast. Jesus Christ, oh, we're right. supposed to be experts. Very embarrassing. Right. I'm leaving this in. We're supposed to be experts. <laughs> what is the sound I'm hearing? What? Fireworks. <laughs> I thought Jamie was doing something upstairs. What's up we gotta say the book. What's happening? What's up what day is it? It's October seventh. It's uh, <laughs> Jesus, it's almost you know, a month October away 7th. from the fifth of November. It's not even at close to Guy Fawkes Day. <laughs> I know, but you know, I
1: think here in uh New Britain, it, they're like they're really, everyone they're gets like, very excited about it. Yeah. They put on their Guy Fawkes masks yeah. in the month leading up. Yeah. It's like oh, it's, it's like purge.
0: Somebody's done that Guy Fawkes early again.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: That's what happens. We should say the book. Uh, We should say what happens in it. Uh, Who did it last time? You. Okay, perfect. Then it's you this time. I'm going to give you 90 (laughs) seconds. I'm going to put 90 seconds on the timer (laughs) during those 90 seconds. Um, You're going to say everything that happens in this novel. Uh,
1: The problem is we had to postpone this like twice. So naturally, Jack, I have absolutely forgotten everyone's names. Therese and Carol. That's all I really have to care about. right? Therese.
0: Therese and Carol. Therese and Carol. Yeah. All right, ready? 90 seconds. Here we go. One, two, three, go.
1: Therese is a uh, set designer for plays living in New York with her boyfriend, Richard. Uh, She is having a hard time finding employment, so she goes to work at a department store. While she's there, she suggests a doll for this beautiful older woman called Carol, who's giving it to her daughter, Rindy. She sends Carol a Christmas note saying, hello, I am uh, taken with you. (laughs) <laughs> and Carol's like, let's meet up and they meet up and it turns out Carol is getting a divorce and, uh, she has this female friend who maybe her lover and she asks, uh, Therese to go on a nationwide road trip with her across the country. And while they're on the the road trip, um, Therese tells Carol that she loves her and Carol's like, I love you too. Let's, let's do it. Uh, it being be together, well, and sex, uh, and then it turns out that they're being chased by a spy, like Pink Panther, and they uh, it turns out that the spy was hired by her ex husband or soon to be ex husband, whose name is Wild. It's like Harg, mm-hmm. like Harg Hargavy or something. Hargus, Hargus, um, and. They, she's, he's like, I uh, got a recording of you guys canoodling, and I'm going to send it to your husband. And she goes back to deal with it, and Terese goes back too, and they decide to break up. But then at the end, Terese realizes she loves Carol, and they get back together in time.
0: But she loses the kid; she can never see the kid. But she again. does lose the kid. I mean, she can see the kid, but like her riches only once a year or something. Right. That's what's sad. Yeah, that's what's sad. Uh, it's re- beautiful. uh Bone to pick with the novel. Let's just get that out of the way. Ready? I've got a bone to pick. Yep. Uh, at. What I hey Tanner, let me ask you. I'll, I'm going to ask this in the form of a question. Yes. Hey Tanner, what's the price of salt? Let me cons- consult the uh, text. Real why don't quick. you just yeah, we just t- take a look in the um, in the book because we just both spent a long time reading a whole fucking pretty long book about uh, yeah. it. Um, so why don't you just check it? I know it's been a, a week or so since we read it, but just uh, I don't know. Scroll through the text and see if you can fucking tell me what the actual fucking price of salt is, please. <laughs> yeah, let me look here. Yeah. Mm.
1: oh wait <laughs> nothing there's nothing in here no wonder they oh. changed the
0: name of the book to fucking carol and that's why they changed that to carol patricia it was a lie because it's a fucking lie and it now, was a lie patty smith yeah, patty smith <laughs> what's the fucking price of salt patty smith i don't know i still don't know i'll tell you one thing mr
1: ripley's not so talented at naming books Shall i google it what google what the oh what is the price of price salt right now uh salt i can just go on the stop and shop app and tell you
0: the price of salt how much you looking to buy is a 1952 romance novel by patricia heisman (laughs) (laughs) first published under the pseudonym claire morgan why yeah that why would you be like i'm gonna change my name from like one kind of normal lady's name to another like similar very similarly normal lady's name um you know what would be
1: really hard
0: what i'm discovering yeah
1: is if you were someone, like a researcher, yeah. and just you needed to figure out what the price of salt was in 1952, mm-hmm. it would be nearly impossible for you to, you just to couldn't do it out by Googling.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, you just get this damn... Because that's what bread. I've Googled. You'd read this, you'd be like, I'm really sad about this Like, kind of melancholy but beautiful romance. <laughs> but yeah. I still don't know how much salt cost in 1952. But 1952. I'm dying to know <laughs> how much salt cost in 1952. <laughs> Um it's a
1: it's a it's a it was a great book. It's a beautiful book. If you haven't read it, please do read it's it. Uh, 99 cents.
0: It's lovely. 99
1: it's... cents plus 3.99 for shipping.
0: Oh my god, it's just like infused According with
1: According to this like... blog, last year I bought a second-hand copy of Patricia Highsmith's iconic 1952 lesbian novel The Price of Salt. I paid 99 cents plus 3.99. For okay. Shipping.
0: So the price of the price of salt is it's 99
1: four, yeah, cents. 4.98. Four <laughs> 4.98. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um, but a great it's like book, beautiful book, but it's fraught. Like it's it's a set the the premise of the book is like it's so wildly unbelievable that these two women would be together that yeah. literally the entire like nation yeah like
0: can turns
1: on them and yeah. like chases them like witches
0: but th- but they're both so cool about it especially it's also like a younger woman and a, and a significantly older woman yeah therese therese is I think, she's like 19. 19 yeah
1: and carol's in her i think 40s or 50s yeah um it's
0: it doesn't say what counted as old was different in those days but she's you know married with a um like a f- seven-year-old child or something like that you know it like to to sort of
1: lament our privilege for a moment. Yeah. If I may.
0: Yeah. Uh reading this book
1: and all the the businessmen that Therese is forced to like surround herself with. Yeah. Are all these like dudes in their forties and fifties. Yeah. It's us. And they're like the high powered like hotshots in New York City. Yeah. In nineteen fifty two. it's like, <laughs> oh, that's just that's just not the case anymore. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's the case in like banks, but yeah. it's certainly not the case in the creative field that we're in.
0: Yeah, it's all like it's like a Men kind of. Because they're like yeah, create they're like painters and, and like you know, like copywriters and and um and they're all bad in different ways. And like this is credit to Patricia Heismith. I guess I don't know what the um what the atmosphere was like for um or the reception would have been like for this type of novel. But like both I Therese think it was, it's
1: a wildly popular novel that did really well.
0: Therese and Carol are both like Just very cool about being gay. Like Therese is like didn't know she was gay until she met Carol.
1: Right. She's she is in a like loveless relationship.
0: But she's like with this
1: real pill named Richard.
0: She once she meets Carol, she's just like, huh. Okay. Well, this is new. Yeah. And she's so cool about it. She's not she doesn't have like a major crisis or anything. She's not cool
1: about it at all. She's like she doesn't have to her boyfriend. She is sort of like a weird like fawning like obsessive like she she cuts cuts everyone out of her life she's mean to, she's mean to her boyfriend of, and and like all her friends. And her friends yeah
0: no it's true who are all like
1: weirdo creep dudes who like try to smooch her yeah and stuff she doesn't seem to have any female friends does she just that old lady who works at the department store yeah who she sends
0: postcards to. Yeah. Um, I figure maybe before we get too much further, we should do a um, a quick name generator just so we can kind of Perfect. establish ourselves yeah. and Hit me. Um, situate ourselves in this novel and, and feel like we're identifying properly with the characters. Um, yeah. So this name generator is, what is your... 50s lesbian repressed by the dreary capitalistic churn of a gray smoke-filled man's world but about to break free and soar through the brightening skies like a majestic bird. Name. And How do we figure it out? Here I think I've I've got it. Um so uh the name in this book is Thérèse a Yeah. Uh so
1: Well, that's her name. Carol's name is Carol.
0: Okay, sure. Okay. Well, we'll... and then there's Carol's other potential lover, Oh yeah, I can't remember what her name is. What's her name, Sally? I can't remember, man. I I hate that when we uh just look up names from the book and and in, yeah, instead me too. Of, uh, that's instead I wish of one of us doing had a it thing ready. That already had I wish one of us had it ready. Momentum on deck. That was kind of on already rolling. Ready stopped, on deck. We stopped something that's happening and going seemed to be going well. In order to look up something, and then the the payoff for everyone is you say a name, and everyone's like, okay, yeah, Sally, I guess. <laughs> Except you're, I guess, not even going to. I don't have the book with me, so I don't... Ready on deck! Always one of us could be. Uh brutal. Brutal what's um, happening right
1: now. I don't know. I don't know. Doesn't matter.
0: Great, perfect. So now the payoff is going to be nobody even knows.
1: <laughs> okay, fine. I'll find it. Do you have to cut the dead air out? <laughs> god what a good book this was i know it was good carolyn was guns down a detective at one point that was cool that would have made the book take a real action-oriented turn you know if she had gunned down that detective
0: i can't believe you made me do this do what i can't fucking believe abby is it abby Yes. Great. Okay. that's went r- just about how I expected. Um, and to I, I cut a lot of dead air, folks, but to uh, give you a sense of how much dead air I cut, I did do um, some some hold music. <laughs> um, so let's uh, get our names. Did you
1: keep in the part where I was talking about how cool it would have been if she gunned down that detective? I don't know. <laughs> okay.
0: Because that would have been cool. Here's what we're going to do. I need you to go to BehindTheName.com. Why? What are we doing? We're doing a name generator, remember? Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Right. So we're going to try to find out what the most popular French women's names were in the year we were born. And so in order to do that, go to BehindTheName.com slash top slash lists slash France slash the year you were born. BehindTheName.com slash top slash lists slash France slash France the year you were born do i choose at random nope uh we're gonna take our birth month and yeah. uh pick the girl's name that corresponds with that so that's our first name and then for our last name here's what i'm recommending i think we should just go to wikipedia.org slash wiki slash french underscore wine and scroll down to the um List of grape varietals they have. Wine styles, grape varieties, and tarryl. Yeah. Okay. And then I guess maybe pick your your lucky number. Your
1: birthday? You already did month.
0: I'm going to pick my lucky number.
1: Okay. I'll pick my lucky number too. I don't have a lucky number. Okay. Because I'm not a child.
0: Okay. If you did have a lucky number, what do you think it would be?
1: 69. Yeah. But there's not 69 things in here. Okay. Well, then I guess the
0: closest to 69. I'm just going to do my birthday. Okay, fine. It's your lucky number, and if you if your lucky number isn't on this list, pick your birthday. Okay, so do you want to hear my um, 50s lesbian repressed by the dreary capitalistic churn of a gray smoke-filled man's world, but about to break free and soar through the brightening skies like a majestic bird name? Yes, please. Ready? Yes. Celine Musca Blanc.
1: Ooh. I wonder if we're distantly related. <laughs> Because my name is Oriel Muscat de Hamburg. Oh! <laughs> yeah. We invented hamburgers. Yeah. The Muscat de Hamburgs. That's nice, huh?
0: Yeah. That's pretty. That's pretty. That is pretty. I feel like I identify a little bit more now with um, Therese. Yes. Young people. This book's about young people. There's, uh, I mean, it's not like Carol's not, but Therese is. And, they're constantly saying shit that's like make, makes me feel old. Like what? <laughs> Let's see. I'll just pick. I'll, I have a whole segment that's called Shit Young People Say. Okay. Uh, okay, here's one. Ready? Yeah. I like being with her. I like talking with her. I'm fond of anybody I can talk to. The phrases of some letter she had written to Carol and never mailed drifted across her mind as if to answer Richard. I feel I stand in a desert with my hands outstretched, and you are raining down upon me. That's beautiful. Yeah, but who would you would say that like up until you're like twenty three?
1: <laughs> I say that to my I say something like that to my wife every night before bed. Really,
0: I feel like I feel I stand yeah. in a desert with my hands outstretched, and you are raining down something upon along me. Along those lines. Along, along those, those lines. lines. Okay. Yeah. Just as poetic, usually. <laughs> it's like
1: you know I feel like you know just off the top of my head it's yeah. like i feel like a uh, bog bog like a swampy bog
0: okay i feel like a swampy bog <laughs>
1: and you're like um what, something betray you a
0: and you're sinking in me
1: what's the horse is called again uh, artax artax and, you're like, and artax. you're like artax and you're sinking, sinking in into me, me. That's actually yeah. really
0: beautiful. Do you say that to your yeah. wife every night? Every
1: night, something along those lines. <laughs> okay, yeah.
0: I guess maybe I'm just
1: I, I, I'll say like I'm like the uh, forbidden desert, and you're like the wheelie hand guys from the Return to Oz movie. Move,
0: moving through me like the wind.
1: When you touch when you touch me, you dissolve into dust yourself. Wow. Um, yeah. Have you seen Return to Oz recently?
0: No, not recently.
1: Okay, and you're trying to think of one now?
0: Yeah, I was trying to think of one. You
1: know what I literally say to my wife, and it's going to make it sound like I'm some kind of monster? Okay. Is I have said to her, as a joke.
0: Okay, Jesus. Are we about to get canceled?
1: That she's a uh, gaping black maw, and I'm a beautiful, gleaming unicorn.
0: Well, that's, so that-
1: Uh, uh, Sorry, not unicorn, Pegasus, who is swallowed up by her. And that's sort of romantic in a way, too, right? That's kind of romantic, Right? Yeah. And this mythical being, almost godlike, giving off its own ethereal light. You know what you could flying say? Flying through the sky.
0: Yeah, you, but you're saying it wrong. You should say to her, I'm like Falcor, winging through yes. the skies and you are the nothing.
1: <laughs> you are the nothing,
0: Yeah, right. Like mostly
1: a shapeless void, but can take the shape of a fearsome wolf yeah. when needed.
0: Um, okay, riddle me this. Here's something young people say, Ready? Yeah. Does she know it? Of course she knows it. Richard frowned and drew on a cigarette. Don't you think it's pretty silly? It's like a crush that schoolgirls get. You don't understand, she said. She felt so very sure of herself. I will comb you like music caught in the heads of all the trees in the forest. It's beautiful that's but like you can't say that like after the age of oh, I say that I say that every,
1: <laughs> okay. almost every day something along those lines to my wife
0: okay i will comb you like music caught in the heads of all the trees in the forest you say to say your wife along those lines along those yeah. lines okay and she yeah. likes it but it's like more yeah
1: you know i talk about like ant moots <laughs> okay yeah uh-huh or <laughs> it's like you stir something inside me like uh the ants were stirred by the ant moot okay that's nice. Something along those lines, you know, something poet, just as
0: poetic, just as, as poetic. poetic. Okay, well, I Patricia take it back. Highsmith then. wrote. Okay, yeah. well, I I felt old from this book because they're so like they're just like so in their feelings, but in a very specific way that's like I like I used to say write shit like that down. I to be fair to Patricia Highsmith, it's a beautifully written book. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, not as good. Apparently, not as good as what Jack used to write. <laughs> Patricia Highsmith is what he's saying. Cause he used to write stuff. He like used that, to write stuff like that. Back when he was a younger man, a more virile man, yeah, a more uh, sexually explorative man.
0: You can call me. What, what's my 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 name? Celine.
1: Celine. <laughs> Back when he used to wear Adidas tracksuits with nothing on underneath them, <gasps> and he used to exclusively go by Celine, Celine. and carry a, uh, <laughs> a French press everywhere he went. <laughs>
0: Um, shall we take a break? Sure.
1: (laughs) This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hmm. What would I do with an extra hour in my day? Very interesting question, BetterHelp. Hello, everyone. This is Evil Tanner. I'm like regular Tanner, except evil... Our sponsor, BetterHelp, has put a little prompt here in the copy for us. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? My own website, which only exists on the dark web, of course, uh, wetterhelp.com, could use a little help. So I would probably use that hour to do a whole bunch, like just flood Facebook with one like, one prayer. Please go donate to my GoFundMe. I need to bring my website wetterhelp.com back from the brink betterhelp.com they feel like there's a little bit of uh, infringement I said well you know we're on the dark web you guys are on the surface web our whole thing is like getting people wet who don't want to be wet so it's like stepping in a puddle or like sitting on a bench that's wet that's us like that's what we do share this with a friend one like one prayer i will follow through on the like prayer stuff too i will be praying all night i would use today's sponsor betterhelp.com um of course i can't i am evil tanner i can only use the deep web we do have a deep web version of betterhelp.com um it's called worsehelp.com it's not good but i think betterhelp.com is great from everything i've heard convenient flexible suited to your schedule just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist you can switch at any time no additional charge uh, go to Check it out. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com bedfellows to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp h e l p.com bedfellows. See you there. Well, not me, but have fun. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows.
0: Got a hot new segment for us. You ready? Hit me. Hit me. It is our metaphor for perfunctory, unsatisfying sex of the week. Oh, okay. i have got a lot of these. <laughs> I I want to read. I want to read one. It's kind of long, but uh, it, it just it just keeps. Sorry, it, that implied that
1: I have unsatisfying sex. I was trying to be self deprecating. Yeah, like a self deprecating joke that I am incapable. of...
0: Yeah, of doing of a good giving job. giving,
1: satisfying okay. sex. Okay. So I just wanted to clarify that.
0: Perfect, thanks. It, it, it doesn't feel like you dug yourself deeper at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll just read this, because it was like, like, I started reading, I mean, this is like, you know, there's just like lots of metaphors and stuff in this one, because it's like fairly literary. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is a metaphor, because like the boys are bad in this. And like yeah, the only true love is the is the one that exists between ten. Is there a single
1: and, good boy?
0: Not no, they're really. all bad. The the husband is awful, the boyfriend is awful in like in like a nice guy type of way. Yeah. Where it's like he's seems nice, but he's awful. But and I then, love you. Yeah. But uh his name is Richard, and I was just like, Oh, this feels like a metaphor, and then it just kept on being a metaphor. I'll just read it to you. Are you ready? Yeah. That he gives her a kite to try to like make her love a a beautiful it. kite. Yeah. A work of freaking art. He makes a kite. He's a creative professional and then he gives yeah, it he's to. He's a her. painter. Okay, ready? Yeah. <laughs> Richard groaned, failing again. He was trying to get the kite up by running with it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Therese, sitting on the ground with her arms around her knees, watched him put his head up and turn in all directions <laughs> as if he had lost something in the air. <laughs> Here it this is. is, sounding <laughs> stark and familiar. She got up, pointing. Yes, uh, but it's not steady. (laughs) Richard ran the kite into it anyway, and the kite sagged on its long string, (laughs) then jerked up as if something had sprung it. It made a big arc, then began to climb in another direction. It's found its own wind, Therese said. Yes, but it's slow. What a gloomy gust. Can I hold it? (laughs) Wait till I get it higher! (laughs) Richard pumped at it with long swings of his arms <laughs> but the kite stayed at the same place in the cold sluggish air the golden domes of the cathedral wagged from side to side as if the whole kite were shaking its head saying no and the long limp tail followed foolishly repeating the negation best we can do Richard said it can't, it can't carry any more string yeah. w- want to take it? Richard poked the string stick into her hands And she got to her feet (laughs) Suddenly the kite broke its mooring in the sky And tugged sharply to get away Therese let the stick turn fast in her hands As long as she dared to under Richard's eyes Because the kite was still low And now it rested again Stubbornly still Jerk it, Richard said I thought you said it was a metaphor. (laughs) Keep working it up. She did. It was like playing with a long elastic band, but the string was so long and slack now. It was all she could do to stir the kite. She pulled and pulled and pulled. Then Richard came and took it, and Therese let her arms hang. Her breath came harder, and little muscles in her arms were quivering. She sat down on the ground. She hadn't won against the kite. It hadn't done what she wanted it to do. Maybe the string's too heavy, she said. It was a new string, soft and white and fat as a worm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Patricia, I think we got it. (laughs) Yeah, got it. It reminds me of a tweet I just sent you.
0: Perfect.
1: Which I think is channeling a lot of Patricia Highsmith if you want to... um... I'll take a gander.
0: I'll take a gander. Uh, It's by someone called Sebastian Castillo on Twitter. And it says, It's Catholic canon that in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus Christ saw every sin committed by human beings, which means that he watched a guy blasting rope to Waluigi hentai and still (laughs) decided to sacrifice himself for humanity. Absolute legend. I think it's the blasting rope part. You yeah, because that's really Classic. what Therese yeah. and, um, and Richard were doing out there in
1: the Prospect <laughs> Park, very unsuccessfully. Pretty unsuccessfully, yeah. She also just like she admires his kite.
0: Yeah, she likes she's the like, kite. It's the most
1: beautiful kite I've ever seen. When it's when the string snaps and it flies away, she's like, "Oh, she's no. she's really pissed." Well, that's yeah, well, another. Let's get like, the kite back.
0: It's this is like a good. I It's getting too into the weeds, but like. It, it's an, it's also a metaphor for what a shithole um, Richard is because he gives her the kite and she's like, this is nice. She's like really, she's not very nice to him and she could be nicer to him, but she's really yeah. trying to like f- see something in him even though yeah. she's very clearly gay. It was like 1952. Like that's that's part of the problem with this
1: time period. I was going to say with the book, but it's really just like where we were as a nation. It's like yeah. being gay is just such a non-option at this point in time. Yeah. So she's it's like, like it's gotta not try to sh- make it work. I
0: should like this guy. But this is one of those times where she's like, well, this is nice. He made me a kite. And then he like insists on cutting the kite free just to like show her that he doesn't care about or some some fucking point he's making. And yeah, she's like, yeah. well, that sucked. Like, <laughs> fuck this guy. Anyway. <laughs> I have an equally uh,
1: potent metaphor. Okay. I think that I yeah. would like to talk about real quick great i'd love to hear that and uh you know i'll 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 leave it up to you jack to to sort of explore i mean we can explore it together but we'll talk about kind of what it could mean what it all could mean great richard gave a hooting laugh and stood up there's a can of corn here and i've got lettuce for a salad and there's bread and butter shall i go get some frozen pork chops richard reached a long arm over her shoulder and took a square of pumpernickel bread from the shelf. You call that bread? It's fungus. Look at it. Blue as a mandrel's beak. Why don't you eat bread once you buy it? Okay. I use that to see in the dark with, but since you don't like it, she took it away from him and dropped it in the garbage bag. That okay. wasn't the bread I meant anyway. Show me the bread you meant. So there's a lot of bread talk. A lot of bread talk. And isn't that interesting, Jack? Um, Elaborate for me. Oh, I wish I could. Okay. I wish I could. I here's all I here's what I can say, Jack. Okay. Yeah. Is that I've got a theory. And what is it? It's all bread. You think
0: it's all bread. Okay.
1: It's all bread, all the way up, all the way down. This is like <laughs> this is like page eighteen. You know, they were setting this up early in this book. Okay. They're like, there's going to be a lot of bread there's stuff. There's a lot of bread stuff in this. It doesn't book. pay off. There's not much more bread stuff after no, this. No, they
0: introduced the bread stuff and then just kind of let it go. They hit it real hard. And it's hard. blue. The bread is blue. And
1: it glows in the dark. As a mandrel. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what a mandrel is a duck. I
0: think it's got a blue beak. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so it's got a blue
0: beak. Okay. Uh, it's all bread. It's all bread. That's your theory. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's thank you for adding that to the discourse here. Anything, I want to. Well, I
1: mean, you. what do you think?
0: What do I think? I think it's inconclusive. I, I think. Well,
1: I know, but explore it a little bit. A lot of stuff is inconclusive. It's our job as intellectuals, you know, to think about this stuff. Okay. Find the message.
0: I think it's some bread in the book. A
1: lot of bread,
0: <laughs> especially in this one passage. I'll. I'll admit that in this one passage, they really hit it—the bread thing—really hard. hard. They yeah. hit it hard. They hit yeah. it super hard. Yeah, yeah. Okay, makes you think, huh? Makes you consider stuff that you maybe didn't consider before. I guess so. It's like what that. What could that be? A it could be for? bread all the way up and all the way down. Could be. It could be. Could be. Okay. I guess we'll keep an eye on it. See if it comes up in some other books.
1: <laughs> I think it might. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to think that this isn't just contained to books. I'm starting to think that this is a okay. a reality-shaping truth. You mm-hmm. know, This is something we're all subject to. It's like the laws of gravity, laws of physics. Yeah. Sorry, gravity is not a law. I think gravity is still a, maybe a theory.
0: Is I, that possible? I believe in it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think that Einstein maybe said it's just a theory.
0: Okay. Because of all space-time, it's all a like bendy. You it's, know space-time? I, I know about this stuff. I know yeah. about this stuff. Well, I don't know if we have any science scientists in the podcast, but if you, could you let us know
1: or bread scientists because we yeah I think we're on to something here. We're we on to something help exploring
0: it. Should we um do our burns? Oh yes, <laughs> we'd like to find burns in the book and find a a, a good burn in the book. I kind of did a big burn on Richard just then. I realized yes, with his um, floppy wang. Well, this is Floppy Wang, uh, but this is uh, for more incisive, direct burns. There are a few burns in this book. Patricia Highsmith is a a burnsmith in some ways, and it's our- Yeah, Uh. Yeah, and it's where we say the burns in the book. Tanner, would you want to go first and say what your burn of the week is?
1: Yep. It's but a paragraph before the bread stuff that I just read.
0: Perfect. Let's hear it.
1: Richard lay back on the studio couch. His mouth was thin and its line uneven, half of it downward slanting, giving an ambiguity to his expression. A look sometimes of humor, sometimes of bitterness, a contradiction that his rather blank and frank blue eyes did nothing to clarify. He said slowly and mockingly, did you go down to the loss and found lost one pound of beefsteak <sniffs>
0: answers to the name meatball. <laughs> okay. There's some context needed, I think for that. Yeah.
1: There's some context that I was hoping if I went back far enough and started reading, I could <laughs> offer that context, but not quite. Um, Therese bought, <laughs> she bought a, a pound of beefsteak and but brought it to the She works in this like soulless job at a department store. Yeah. That she works at. And one of the other ladies took it. Stole it. it. Yeah. Stole it out of her locker. Yeah. So my burn is on Therese for, you know, thinking that she would maybe find the
0: beef steak again. Okay, here's my burn. Ready? Maybe the beef steak would go by Jake. Beefsteak Jake. Could be beefsteak Jake. Could, Could be beefsteak Jake. Be. Steak, beefsteak Jake. I got a burn. Ready? Yeah. So they go on this road trip, right? And it's kind of nice. And like Richard's like, why do you want to go on a road trip with this older lady? It's a free road trip. Who wouldn't go? And Therese is like, I don't know. I just like her. And also, I don't like you. And he's like- yeah, but you love you fucking lo- you love me though, right? And she's like, Uh, no, and I don't like you, but you can still be my boyfriend if you want to. And he's like, Yeah, we're we're fucking gonna be together. And she's like, Okay, I'm gonna go on this like three week road trip with this like very sexy, like enchanting, mysterious older lady that I just met. And he's like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, they go on a road trip, they stay in some hotels. It's kind of like it's unclear between them what their relationship is going to yeah, be. Yeah, they can't
1: quite figure it out right away. I think Teresa's is, is she's anxious just about co- approaching it, it. It
0: seems like it's completely new to her. Carol has knows what the deal is cuz there's this right. other woman Abby, I think we've decided her name is, who, yeah. who like who's jealous, um, but they clearly had a, a relationship before. Um and uh anyway, the um they spend some nights in Some hotels, and then at one time, the following thing happens, and it's my burn. Okay. Ready? Yep. Go to sleep, Carol said. Me? No. Therese hoped she would not, but when she felt Carol's hand move on her shoulder, she knew she had been asleep. It was dawn now. Carol's fingers tightened in her hair. Carol kissed her on the lips, and pleasure leaped in Therese again, as if it were only a continuation of the moment when Carol had slipped her arm under her neck last night. I love you, Therese wanted to say again, and then the words were erased by the tingling and terrifying pleasure that spread in waves from Carol's lips over her neck, her shoulders that rushed suddenly the length of her body. Her arms were tight around Carol, and she was conscious of Carol and nothing else, of Carol's hand that slid along her ribs, Carol's hair that brushed her bare breast and then her body, too, seemed to vanish in widening circles that leaped further and further beyond where thought could follow. While a thousand memories and moments, words... The first darling, the second time Carol had met her at the store. A thousand memories of Carol's face, her voice, moments of anger and laughter flashed like the tail of a comet across her brain. And now it was a pale blue distance in space, an expanding space in which she took flight suddenly like a long arrow. The arrow seemed to cross an impossibly wide abyss with ease, seemed to arc on and on in space and not quite to stop. Then she realized that she still clung to Carol, that she trembled violently, and the arrow was herself. She saw Carol's pale hair across her eyes, and now Carol's head was close against hers. And she did not have to ask if this were right. No one had to tell her, because this could not have been more right or perfect. She held Carol tighter against her and felt Carol's mouth on her own smiling mouth. Therese lay still, looking at her at Carol's face only inches away from her, the gray eyes calm as she had never seen them, as if they retained some of the space she had just emerged from. And it seemed strange that it was still Carol's face, with the freckles, the bending blonde eyebrow, that she knew, the mouth now as calm as her eyes, as Therese had seen it many times before. "'My angel,' Carol said, flung out of space.' Therese looked up at the corners of the room that were much brighter now, at the bureau with the bulging front and the shield-shaped drawer pulls, at the frameless mirror with the beveled (laughs) edge. Jack's computer
1: fell asleep. That's how long he's been reading. All your, like, lights dimmed.
0: Is that better? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Can I keep going? Yeah. Should I go back or? I think,
1: are we going to get a copyright strike on this? You're, just, <laughs> you're essentially just reading the entire book. Go ahead.
0: Therese looked up at yeah, the corners start of the room. <laughs> I'm going to go back a sentence. <laughs> Therese looked up at the corners of the room that were much brighter now. At the bureau with the bulging front and the shield-shaped drawer pulls. At the frameless mirror with the beveled edge. At the, are you paying attention? I was. Okay. <laughs> I need, need you here. I need you to react to this burn Yep. Is it coming? Yeah it's coming What do you think? I'm not going to fucking give you a burn It's burn of the week Yeah. At the green patterned curtains That hung straight at the windows And the two gray tips of buildings That showed just above the sill She would remember every detail Of this room forever What town is this? She asked Carol laughed This? This is Waterloo She reached for a cigarette Isn't that awful? (laughs) (laughs) It's a burn on Waterloo. Burn on Waterloo.
1: (laughs) She she says like a moment later, she's like, I think every state has a Waterloo. Yeah. And they're all as boring as this. (laughs) So if you live in Waterloo, burn on you. Uh, Jack, you also, while you were reading your burn, happened to read-
0: The sexiest part of the book. What
1: could be considered- the sexy, the one the sex scene in the book yeah
0: yeah so normally we're um um we're a couple of prudish uh, guys and we uh endorse sexiness and doing it in a sexual way but we don't like to talk about it and it makes us uncomfortable and normally we have a hit segment where we try to sanitize and bowdlerize the sexy parts of these romance books
1: that's is that a term you're trying to get to catch on
0: we talked about,
1: Bowdlerize. We talked about we it. Bowdlerize. I know we talked about it, but has anyone has anyone ever used that phrase before?
0: Bowdler probably used it. Uh, <laughs> Bowdler, was...
1: <laughs> yeah. I would. I wonder what to to green ringerize something.
0: I wonder if uh, if Bowdler used it in a sexy way, where he was like, "You about to get bowdlerized?" Wasn't <laughs> he like a puritan? I don't know. I mean, maybe in the in the boudoir. Bowdler famously took all the sex parts out of Shakespeare, and he did go to my alma mater. Uh,
1: yes, the, the sexless St. <laughs> Andrews.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know what the green ring arise would be. It would be probably to to, fi- to find Jar Jar Binks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jack uh, texted me and my wife the other <laughs> night. Sex bugs.
0: Yeah. And what did you say to us? Yeah, bedpots. That's what you get. That's what you get for not liking us calling you sexpots, sex bugs. <laughs> Here's what Jack's
1: the text Jack sent to me. Yeah. The other night. Yeah. Bedtime convo tonight. Colon. Who's your favorite guy in Star Wars? Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks. That's Uncle Tanner's favorite guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a conversation. Now, I Now Cyril's with Cyril. favorite guy too. I was so surprised because like like often I'll like ask him questions to distract him from like not wanting to brush his teeth yeah and so the one i pulled out was who's your favorite guy in star wars and very reliably he will say darth vader in response to that you know darth vader he he eradicated an
1: entire planet with billions of people on it no
0: he doesn't you should tell him he
1: doesn't know that (laughs) he'll change his tune on darth vader pretty quickly. well he already has because i asked him
0: expecting the darth vader answer and he said jar jar binks and i was like what what (laughs) <laughs> like what? Why? And then he just looked up at me and he goes, "That's Uncle Tanner's favorite guy." <laughs> yeah, it is my favorite guy. Yeah, it's cute. So, um,
1: I'm glad it's, I'm glad my my influence is spreading. My dark influence,
0: yeah. just like uh, Darth Vader. Just like Darth Vader. And this has been Dead Duck. Um, which did you said your burn? I said my burn. Oh, but we're doing du- two. T- we're d- look. We can't do two prude dudes. Because <laughs> yeah, I tried to. Nothing. I tried to give us a seamless segue. No, you didn't. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. And you never have in ever, in ever been helpful with the segue in, in the history of your fucking life. Big muddy boots. Literally in, in the history of your life, you've never been helpful with the segue. But like the thing about this book is, we're used to reading romances, and we wanted a little bit more, didn't we? And so we're yes. gonna have to bring out um, a couple guys that I don't like to bring out. I don't like. Uh, I don't like them. Yeah. But we okay. need them for this one. Yeah. And uh, it's the. Two loot dudes, yeah. And we're gonna sex up. And I know people like to listen to this podcast at the dinner table, but
1: this is a a, a prestigious piece of literature. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think it's maybe not our place to come in as two cishet hat dudes, right? Sixty years later, seventy years later,
0: and turn and turn it down, turn it on the Sex volume. this up, okay.
1: But here we are. We're going to do just that.
0: Perfect. Thanks for that intro. That really fucking put some wind in my sails. <laughs> yeah. So, there's which nothing like you there's choose? nothing like the word sishet. Which
1: pa- <laughs> which passage did
0: you choose? Here's the passage I've chosen for us to sex up. Okay. They're um having brunch in the hotel. Um I think after the sexual encounter. Okay. And let's just make it sexier. Okay. And I'm, what's our prude dude's name? Sexy our, Brunch. What's our lewd dude's name? Uh, I'm Horny Tanner. I'm Horny Jack. Yeah. And we're going to sex this one up, Um. and I'll just, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start reading the passage, and any way we can find to just turn up the sex dial yeah. a few notches, and make I this one a little sexier. I hate touching the sex dial. Yeah, I don't love to, but sometimes you gotta. Yeah. Okay, ready? Yep. They had old fashions in the bar of the hotel in complete silence. Uh, amidst they had old fashions in the bar of the hotel amidst sexual grunts.
1: Yes, and let's change it from bar at the hotel to bar yeah. at the strip club. Okay, they had old fashions in the bar at the strip club. Is there a sexier drink? Sex on the beach. They had
0: sex on the beach. In the drink the bar at the strip in parentheses. Club. To the sound of sexual grunts. Yes. Therese asked for a second when Carol did, but Carol said she should eat something instead. Uh, What's an aphrodisiac? Uh, Oysters. Eat oysters instead. That's great. The waiter told Carol that food was, the oysters were not served in the strip club bar. (laughs) What kind of strip club is this? (laughs) She wants something to eat. Carol said firmly, oyster. Okay. The Gee, dining room yeah. is across the lobby, Madame. That's not very sexy. That's not very sexy. The um uh, the, sexing room. What about the sexing room? The uh, yeah orgy. Is there?
1: Is should we be leaning into like cunnilingus? Let's
0: be just be careful.
1: Let's we don't want to get too. Maybe it's the maybe maybe the the bartender says it's the cu- the the cunnilingus room.
0: What about like the sex room? This, oh Red Room Right isn't that what uh What is um, 50, Fifty Shades, Shades of Grey Calls it, it? I the, think he calls um, it The Red Room Does he call it The Red Room No I don't think so That's the bar At the Black Cat In DC The Red Room That's where The cool thing about The Red Room in, uh, If you go to The Black Cat In DC Is um, That's where you go Where you're like I'm too cool To watch the band So I'm just gonna Like hang out In the Red Room bar. Nobody This is for nobody <laughs> Red Room it's a red room. Okay. The playroom. The playroom is across the lobby, madame. And AKA there's- a- The red room of pain. Okay. The playroom. The red room of pain is across the lobby, madame. And there's a coffee shop. And there's a, a Keto 9. Yes. Carol, I can wait. Therese said, and we'll change that to you. Carol, I can't wait. That's good. Will you please bring me the menu? She prefers to eat here. Will you please bring me the whips and chains? she mm. prefers to do ki- flagellation here flagellation here Carol said yeah. with a glance at the waiter. the waiter hesitated uh, the waiter uh, jacked off yeah <laughs> that's what
1: waiters at strip clubs do. I don't know if you've ever been to one
0: <laughs> then said yes madam and went to get the uh, whips and chain yeah well therese ate scrambled eggs and sausage. <laughs> That's pretty sexy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Carol had her third. Yeah, trip. I can't argue with that one. That's <laughs> plenty sexy already.
0: <laughs> Finally, Carol said in a tone of hopelessness, "Darling, can I ask you to forgive me? That's boring. What is it you say to your wife about a tr- about uh, the swamps of Artax? And say that I am
1: a uh, nightmarish, endless bog." You and say, she
0: is. You're, and she is our tax and our waiting tax. to drown inside me. In inside of me, yeah. yeah. And so that's that. The tone hurt Therese more than the question. I think the question's fairly
1: <laughs> hurtful. <too. laughs>
0: yeah. I love you, Carol. And we'll say I French you.
1: Yeah, I French you. I French
0: you. But do you see what it means? Yes, but that moment of defeat in the car, she thought, that had only been a moment, as this time now was only a situation. I don't see why it should mean this forever. Situation. Sexuation. Yeah. I don't see how this can destroy anything. She said earnestly, "This is just pillow talk stuff." Yeah. Carol took her hand down from her face, down from her private. Carol took her hand down from her face to her private. To her private. Yeah. <laughs> And sat back. And now in spite of the tiredness, she looked as Therese always thought of her. The eyes that could be tender and hard at once as they tested her. Um, fingers.
1: Fingers that could be tired and hard. I think maybe you want to do something a little more sexual. Sexy fingers. What do you call the passage? Jeez, this is really going to test our anatomy knowledge. Okay. Okay. When a woman is aroused.
0: Okay and he's googling folks he's googling <laughs> we're in real trouble now cuz he's googling he doesn't even know how to ask the question <laughs> that can't be right vast deference is it called the vast deferens that's a fit kind of thing <laughs> that's definitely a kind of thing don't nobody can that see you that can't be right <laughs> Maybe her clitoral glands hardens. Okay. Do we say hardens? I don't know, man. You fucking looked it up. Wait for real. <laughs> Look, don't get too involved in this. Let's pick something. Glands. Yeah, her her clitoral glands. Okay, could be tender and hard at once. Yeah. The intelligent red lips, strong and soft. That seems sexy enough. That's sexy though the upper lip trembled the least bit now. That seems fine. Yep. Do you, Therese asked. And she realized suddenly it was a question as big as the one Carol had asked her without words in the room in Waterloo. <laughs> <laughs> and it was reminding me of my burn on wa- Waterloo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In fact, it was the same question. And this is it. This is the end. No, I think you're right, Carol said. You made me realize it. And then... Um, Made me have the um, huge big orgasm. Yeah.
1: Ooh. Well, we did it's, it. Let me let yeah, okay. We did it. We yeah. sexed up that one. I'm gonna take off my horny tanner hat. Yeah. Which is a condom. <laughs> that I wear on my head. Yeah. Yep. Like Howie Mandel. Mm-hmm. So I use it on my nose to blow it up. Uh, okay. And now I'm just back to regular old yeah. horny Tanner. Yeah. Now that the two lewd dudes have come in. The two
0: lewd dudes really fucking-
1: Sexed it up,
0: you know? Yeah. They green ring eyes that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's the opposite of, of bowdlerizing. Yeah. That doesn't sound
0: right. It was pretty sexy.
1: I think maybe to green ring eyes is to consider a joke or statement in a social situation. Mm-hmm. Recognize that it's not a good idea to say said joke or statement- and go ahead and say
0: it anyway. And do it anyway. Okay. Yeah. That's that actually pretty to right. That is That's the thing. Yeah. 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 yeah you catch yourself uh, from the brink of cancellation.
1: It's not even cancellation. It's more mild than that, but it's still not great. Yeah. You know.
0: That's tannerize. That's that's good. Tannerize actually sounds a lot. It's a lot easier to say. I know. Um. Is that all the time we have for today? I don't know. Do you have any more notes? Um. Do we do bread? We did the bread thing. We did the bread thing.
1: Yeah, okay. it's important.
0: We should. Yeah, keep, no, it's keep important. We it. should keep an eye on it. Um, no, I just have, I have my outro prepared. Okay, perfect. Um, all that remains is for me to say that I would like to thank you, Tanner, very specifically for uh, bearing with me today. Hey, you're welcome. I would like to thank the um, sex bugs, sex bugs or bed bed pots. Bed pots. You choose. Yeah. Uh, let us know in the comments. <laughs> Which you, you can prefer. use them interchangeably. Uh, so very much for bearing with us. Um, we do love and kiss you uh, all the time and every day. And um, I would like to remind everybody, you you got to subscribe to our Patreon. You have to. Uh, it's the only thing that keeps us going. It's patreon.com slash podcast. And we, uh, we're talking about the Sweet Valley Twins books, and we're having a fucking blast. Please, it's just $5 a month, and um, it's good. And uh, rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. Uh, now's a good time to do it. Um, we're gaining momentum. We're moving up the charts. And you can help us to reach more and more newer audiences who want to hear about this stuff. But we can't do it without your help. Finally, what I would like to say is you must join our Facebook group, Baby Nation, on Facebook. Everyone's nice and good in there, and nice, and also very good. Um, And you can get our merch at bit.ly slash bsccmerch. All that remains is for me to say that this week we did read a novel. The novel that we read was called The Price of Salt. We still don't know the price. A.K.A. Carol. A.K.A. Carol. Uh, It was by Patricia Highsmith. Uh, We loved it. A.K.A. Highly recommend it a.k.a. Patty Smith, a.k.a. something else, like Claire or something. Oh, yeah. Next week, we're going to be reading a little novel called A Scot in the Dark. Our first a- sequel. Sarah McLean.
1: Yes, our first sequel. We it's read right? The Rogue Not Taken. We loved it. Yeah. It felt like it was time. The romance genre is all about sequels. It's all about all sequels. About Spin-offs, all about tertiary characters becoming main characters. So we're excited to read about this beefy Scotsman. Yeah. We who we were see. first introduced to in A Rogue Not Taken. Yeah. We'll be joined by a guest, yeah. Jack. Secret guest. Do you want to say who it is? No. You owe me to? Yeah.
0: My wife. Yep.
1: Yeah. Jamie. Yeah. Green ring. Green so, professionally.
0: get excited for that. Tanner does the outro. So all that remains is for me to say that this week I have been Jack Alexander Shepard. My name is Tanner Horny dinner and
1: how is it possible to be podcasting when the two of us grow stronger together every day and every night every night was different and every morning together jack we possess a miracle <laughs> beautiful
0: we might be childhood friends and i might you down
1: the bend but i'm sure it's crazy
0: Sex on the beach in the bar at the strip club amidst the sound of sexual grunts. Therese asked for a second when Carol did. Joan, you're a menace. Therese asked for a second when Carol did, but Carol said she should eat oysters instead, a known aphrodisiac. The waiter told Carol that oysters were not served in the strip club bar. What kind of a strip club bar doesn't sell the known sex aphrodisiac? Oysters. She wants something to eat, Carol said firmly. It's oysters. The sexing room is across the lobby, madame, said the waiter. Oh wait, uh, sorry, I mean the red room. Uh, What's this thing from Fifty Shades of Grey? The playroom. The playroom is across the lobby, madame, said the waiter. The red room of pain, mean. And there's a cat on eye. Carol, I can't wait, Therese said. Will you please bring me the whips and chains? She prefers to do kinky self-flagellation, Carol said with a glance at the waiter. The waiter jacked off. That's what waiters at strip clubs do. Then he said, yes, madame, and went to get the whips and chains. While Therese ate sexy scrambled eggs and naughty sausage, Carol had her third sex on the beach. Finally, Carol said, in a tone of hopelessness, Darling, I am a nightmarish, endless bog, and you, you are our tax, waiting to drown inside of me. The tone hurt Therese more than the question, though the question was obviously quite hurtful, too. If you've seen the never-ending story, you know that things don't end up well for Artax. "'I french you, Carol,' said Therese. "'But do you see what it means?' "'Yes, but that moment of defeat in the car,' she thought, "'that had only been a moment as this time now was only a sextuation.' "'I don't see why it should mean this forever,' I don't see how this could destroy anything. This was just pillow talk. Carol took her head down from her face to her privates and sat back. And now, in spite of the tiredness, she looked as Therese always thought of her. The sexy fingers that could be tender and hard at once as they tested her. The intelligent red lips, strong and soft, though the upper lip trembled the least bit now. Do you... Therese asked, and she realized suddenly it was as big as the question Carol asked her without words in the room, in that garbage hole, Waterloo. In fact, it was the same question. No, I think you're right, Carol said. You've made me have a huge, big orgasm.